0: You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information.
1: So much to talk about this weekend, ladies and gentlemen. So much to talk about. NXT TakeOver 31 was last Sunday. We had a slew of amazing matches. The WWE Draft is officially underway with the first four rounds and some free agent stuff happening on and after SmackDown this week. We're going to get into all that and more. As we, this week, as we Break The ring
0: down. Woo! You don't know what hard times are, daddy The
2: cream will rise to the top for you
3: Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass You just made
0: the list! This
3: right here is a family. Hey, this is professional wrestler and professional podcaster, Colt Boom Boom Cabana. My name is Killer Cross.
1: This is The Smoke Show, Scarlett Bordeaux.
3: What's up, guys? The After Machine, Brian Cage. This is Ryan from Pro Wrestling Tees. Sadly, you are not listening to The Art of Wrestling, but you made a decent choice. Because you're listening. You are now listening to. And you're listening. And you're listening to. You listen to Breaking Down the
1: Ring. Breaking Down the Ring.
3: Breaking Down the Ring. Breaking Down the Ring. Breaking Down the Ring.
2: Break it down. Oh, it's true. It's damn true.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening. You're watching. You are paying attention to the most inappropriate pro wrestling show in the motherfucking world. You're listening to Breaking Down the Ring. And we are your ring crew.
2: Ready, Konick nineteen,
3: and Shitzy Dogfart, <laughs> and me the All Mikey one,
1: Mikey himself. Uh, Shitzy Dogfart, huh? All right.
3: Hey, you know Shotsky Blackheart. Shitzy, yeah, shitzy Dogfart. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I
1: like it. I like it a lot. Uh, Nick, you're currently uh destroying all of our fantasy leagues, uh, Mister Konick nineteen. You're destroying the NFL itself. I mean. God damn it, Nick. What are you doing over there?
2: I just do what I do. <laughs>
3: Fair. Fair. Uh, so down. I do what I do, baby. Um, since you Calm just down. do what you do, I need you to spread some of that to the uh, Pro Wrestling Scorecards team, please. That would be fantastic. Why? Because it gives us the advantage. Fuck it. What? We're getting beat How so can... bad, we might as well cheat now. <laughs> wait, wait, wait,
1: wait. Do you... They can still fill out a scorecard if they have COVID.
3: No, not if they're... But, see, the way you had COVID, you were delusional, so you would have made shitty picks. See? See? All right.
1: I'll allow that one. Yeah, that's true. I would have, Or, I would have put me in a whole new sense of euphoria. <laughs> <laughs> and I would have done very well. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. Speaking of that... pro and scorecards are still killing us. Uh, for the first time in a very long time. Actually no, just for the first time ever. Uh and Scorecards doing really well on scorecards. Uh normally yes, they just in know.
3: particular. Jess yeah, that, is
1: a fucking rain man right now. Def, def, definitely I'll, definitely that winner.
3: Def, definitely that winner. I, and their awesome guys,
0: is a fucking winger. <laughs>
3: I want to know what website Jesse is copying from, because I would like to copy from the same website.
1: (laughs) Z, the three-time ring crew champion. You know, we were talking about that actually last night. Two-time world champ, though. (laughs)
3: Two-time world champ. No one else here can say that.
1: So we were talking about that actually uh, last night at work. I was talking about how Smitty uh, sucks. Even though he has the most title reigns, right, Uh, he Hasn't never, he didn't hold it the entire 2019. Uh He just got a couple of them this year. I'm one title reign behind him. And the only reason Z only has three is because the first year and a half, he made his picks bullshit. <laughs> None of
3: them were real. It was, I'm going to throw a ping pong ball, whatever cup it lands in. We like, that's who we I'm picking. <laughs> we, we did the Mr. Perfect vignettes only. That's how I made my pick. Right. So
1: it's like – it's kind of a crazy thing that you only have three while Smitty has these many, but it's like Smitty was basically taking on the Down Syndrome kid, and he was like, oh, I beat you.
3: <laughs> and, uh, again, I will say it, unlike you, Fox, I don't need a title.
0: <laughs> right.
3: First off, I am the title.
0: Are you saying you are the Jake Roberts of VR?
3: No, because I actually want a title a singles title, so that that automatically makes me better than Jake Roberts.
1: And no one has exploded oh. in popularity by cutting a promo on him either, so. <laughs> all right. Really, if it wasn't for Jake Roberts, we wouldn't have Stone Cold Steve Austin.
3: Eh. Uh, if, it wasn't, really? if, it wasn't, if it wasn't for Hulk Hogan, Jake Roberts would have been your fucking world champion.
1: Again, that's fine. But do you have Stone Cold Steve Austin if you don't have Jake Roberts? Because that promo was well, the thing that set off the most popular shirt, which skyrocketed Austin's
3: popularity. Right. But he, I mean, depend I mean, it would have depended who his opponent was in the final if it wasn't Jake Roberts. It was another like veteran guy that was older than Austin and like making a return or having like a, a red hot you know run in the tournament, then yeah, you could have basically cut the same promo. You just take the the couple little jabs he took about his sobriety out of that and just do the same promo. Yeah, not but saying J- he would have. I mean, that was off the cuff, so I, maybe it doesn't generate the same in the brain. It doesn't come out the same way. It doesn't get as big, but. I mean, it's hard to answer. You know what I mean? Right, but without
1: Roberts and the Bible stuff, Austin wouldn't say, Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass.
3: Very true. You know what I'm so saying? Then, we, so that, it, then we, we at least don't have the promo then.
1: Right, right
3: which, and that's what I'm
1: saying. But I think the promo is what gave him the popularity. I, I Look, Austin is spectacular, right? But we all know that in this business, getting over on the mic puts you into a different stratosphere, right? Austin, the reason that uh, the New Day stayed so popular for as long as they have been popular and are still popular is because they sell a shit ton of merch, all kinds of different stuff. So because there's such merch salesmen, it makes the WWE money to put them on TV more when they can. Austin sold the most popular t-shirt of all time because of the Austin 316 line. And because of that, it made sense for WWE to put it on TV more to the point where they had to quickly switch him. Like it was like, it seemed like during that run, right after the King of the Ring, you're like, why is this guy taking so long to do anything? Right? Because it was so popular, but it's not like he, I think he was still in intercontinental title feuds at the time.
3: Yeah, well, so with Austin, that's what gave that that promo off the cuff with the Austin three sixteen gave the company confidence. He really didn't take off like a rocket until he started kicking the shit out of Mr. McMahon every other week for five and a half years. But I mean, that's really the feud that made him who he was. Then you throw in the fact that you know he wasn't a feud for the Intercontinental Championship. Austin never breaks his neck. Austin never changes to that brawling style. And then he's not as, as popular. I mean, if, if stone goes Steve Austin, now the Bret Hart Austin match at 13 was an absolute technical clinic. Mm
2: -hmm. But
3: if, if that was Austin's style of wrestling the entire time, he had that run on top, you might've gotten bored of it, but with his brawling style and selling, it sells the whole tough, redneck, drunk—you know—and of course,
1: the the fact that um, he kept getting injured. When you keep getting injured like that, it pulls you off a of TV. It makes people want to see you.
3: But they never you took know? him off. He was he, if you if you look at Austin like nowadays. People disappear for six months. Austin broke his fucking neck in the ring, and they still had him on TV, whether it was his rehab or recovery at home or if he was just behind the scenes. Like, there was about a year he didn't wrestle, but they gave him the microphone and still made him part of the show.
0: Yeah, like the whole thing where you originally started, was um that's when he was still injured like, in recovery. His first seven events –
3: Right, still but be nice ear, of McMahon
1: to sell that like that if he still had a fucked up neck.
3: <laughs> that year on the mic when he broke, when Owen broke his neck is, you know, kind of helped his character development, which basically just made him into this juggernaut of a character.
1: Yeah, but it, man, I just, it, it still blows my mind that Austin cut that promo in '96. Right, King of the Ring '96, Austin cuts that promo. Um, I don't know specifically the time
3: of year that was. I want to say kind of like June. That was do that was the where Money in the Bank would have fallen. So like June, July. Okay, so you got that, and then you have Austin
1: doesn't touch the WWE title until March 29th, 1998. 14. Yeah, 98. So it's like. Two years of the most popular person in your on your roster, and he's still only touching the intercontinental title. Think of that, think of that now. Right? Think of the amount of storyline that WWE does, but the minute you're popular, they're like, Nope, you're touching the top belt. You are running with this company. Austin had two. I want to say, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Let's see. Uh, August 3rd, 1997, he won the Intercontinental Belt. November 9th, 1997, he won the Intercontinental Belt. And he had two Intercontinental runs before he had the title run, the main title run. All right, what was the first day? August 3rd,
3: 1997. To November. So he was out for like four months because of his neck. Uh, August 3rd. Because he won the title. So he won the title from Owen when Owen broke his neck, but then had to relinquish the title because he couldn't defend it because he had a broken fucking neck. And when he came back in November, he won it back from Owen and then started his feud with The Rock. And that's when they started throwing it off of bridges and shit. Um,
1: no. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> So, no. So that's crazy then. So he won the title, broke his neck and he still held the belt for 63 days.
3: Yeah. They had him on the mic. That's (laughs) when he, he, you didn't see him wrestle, but that was also back when Raw was about an hour long. So Mm -hmm. you also didn't see everybody every week. It was kind of like NXT is where you kind of spread out your top people which was more of a reason why it was so popular because you had different people on each show and you're like, oh, Bret Hart's wrestling tonight on Raw? I got to make sure I watch that because I don't know when the next time I'm going to see Bret Hart wrestle is. You know, that kind of stuff. And
1: then, uh, yeah, he dropped it to The Rock. Uh, Rock held it for 264 days. And yeah, you never saw anyone really touch that belt that's like top tier until Edge had it in July of 1999. Now, correct
3: me if I'm wrong, but Austin only held the championship what, like five times? The main title. Yes, I believe I believe you're right with that. Right, with that. so fuck mm-hmm. you guys in my three times only winning the BDR championship. I'm still the most popular motherfucker. Here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, Kurt, didn't Kurt Angle win a, uh, title of 99, the title '99, IC title '99 as well? No. Huh. No. I thought he was an uh, inner Euro champion.
1: It was not then. It was in 2000. Did you just call it an intramural champion and not... No, uh, inter-euro. Inter-euro.
3: okay. Okay.
1: Yeah, Kurt Angle originally touched that belt uh, February 27th, 2000. Is when he had the intercontinental belt. And then he lost it to... uh Oh, Christian... No, no, we're not saying, we don't say that name here. Oh, he lost it to Chris (laughs) Benoit. Yeah, because Jericho had it.
2: I got to say, after yesterday, uh, asking you guys some of the really good pay-per-views to watch from the Attitude Era, I watched that King of the Ring from, uh, what was it, 99, 99. Smitty? You're welcome. And and then I watched about half (laughs) a fully loaded 2000, and I'm just like, man. Uh, like It really makes you miss, not necessarily right now because of COVID and whatever, but when we did have crowds, they are nothing like those crowds were back then. I mean, oh, it was just fucking utter chaos, and it just made that uh, atmosphere that much better, man. Holy okay, shit. You want to talk about hostile crowds?
0: Watch some of the ECW pay-per-views from the night. So maybe, oh, yeah, do you I have started. a
2: booger under your nose?
1: No. Other ones. <laughs> there you go. Yep. What is that what is that white thing in, there? It's in your mustache? Oh, it's gone now. it was a booger. No, it wasn't actually. It was a booger. Gross. It was wet. Smitty. Smugger. Smugger was, it was wet. a smugger. A smugger. <laughs> smugger. <laughs> yeah, man, Era was nuts, dude. Uh, there was a lot of crazy shit that happened in the air attitude era, but I agree. I think the fa- the way the fans were was, while way more energetic and everything, it was also way more annoying. I mean, fuck, dude. Everyone and their fucking mother had a sign. Yeah. Imagine trying to watch a live show during the Attitude Era. I don't even think I went to a show during the Attitude Era. May have.
3: I did. And I I did. And I had, like, six signs, because I had to have one for my my favorite wrestler. So, you know, each fucking (laughs) match, you're putting up a sign. Um... I so yeah, was was cool. Oh yeah, Joe Lewis
0: one. Oh, also on not remember Zamboni. Thanks for cutting him off there, Smitty.
3: It's all good. You're welcome. Uh, You're welcome. Ah, uh, yeah, but anyway, so I mean, people n- didn't just go with one sign. They were probably there was multiple signs, and they were front and back, and everybody had one. Yeah. It looked like the video game with you know the the crowds they have holding up the signs, and they're all like on top of each other.
1: That's how the yeah. video games looked. Yeah. Like he exactly. never really did anything. It was just about a third of an inch <laughs> each way. Like I'm really shaking my sign right now. But yeah, man. I mean, that's what the, pro- I think that's the real problem right now is. So if you look at that, Austin dra- drops the pipe bomb of promos. One of the most popular promos in the middle of 1996, he didn't touch the main title until WrestleMania 1998. And he had two intercontinental runs. Now granted that neck injury was in the middle of there. But again, that neck injury was like a year later. It was like 97 that he took the IC title belt. Right. So a year, this dude is the most popular person in wrestling.
3: Hold on. Keep in mind that part of the reason he he it's not like they held him back back then you only had the big four this was before in your house started because in your house started in like june of 97 so that's when they did like monthly pay-per-views so storylines were a little more drug out so if you won the king of the ring and then your next pay-per-view would have been summer slam you you start building the guy you know like you this was, like, their development. They used to put the Intercontinental Championship on people to see if they were capable of being world champion. Like, it was, like, a stepping stone process. And I really kind of miss it. But, um, yeah, so they had more... Lo- they had longer storylines, because, again, Raw was an hour. And you only had four major pay-per-views. I think King of the Ring was the fifth. So then... You know, so you, you made it last longer. So back then, a year and a half probably wasn't shit for a time because they used to just build shit up like WrestleMania to WrestleMania.
1: Right. Yeah, so you got i uh, – I'm just looking at 95's Royal Rumble, then went to WrestleMania. Uh, then – this is why I love Wiki Wikipedia because when they do that, they have the pay-per-view chron- chronology or the mm-hmm. – Made it so WrestleMania uh, eleven was followed by In Your House one, which took place on May fourteenth ninety five. Okay. Then King of the Ring ninety five was June twenty fifth. Then In Your House two. So this actually started in ninety five.
3: Uh, okay. July, I thought it was ninety seven. I thought it was no, DX. I thought DX had one of the original in-your-houses.
1: August 27th. No, the original in-your-house was the one where Triple H ate poop or something. Ah, okay. They September. gave
0: that house away. Oh, the hog yeah. pit, pit match and they gave us. Yeah. October. Yeah, so the
1: that's what it's looking like. 95 was the first year for all of them. Um, in-your-house five is December, Royal Rumble. January in your house 6 February WrestleMania 12 March 31st in your house 7 April yeah so like 95 the monthly
3: pay-per-view a, started in June what June of 95
1: yeah it's uh after WrestleMania 11 uh started the in your house pay-per-view so they started a monthly thing in the middle of 95 so again yeah so you are on a monthly schedule and things like that but for some reason Austin still doesn't touch a title and Maybe he had the European title. Let me nope. look at that one.
3: No. Nah. Huh? Never held it? Yeah.
1: I thought he was a grand slam.
3: No, I, I think yeah, he, he either got okay, so he either got the grand slam title after they retired that belt. Or I don't think he ever won it because the first one was Sean. Nope. Then it There's was hold on. What's that? I'm, I was wondering if it was Davy or us. I thought it was Davy. What? No, Sean, Sean was the first one to win it, making him a Grand Slam, and then Davy Boy took it off of him, and they kind of feuded for it for a minute, and then uh, D-lo held it for a while. If Austin, I think D-lo held it more than anybody. Yeah, I mean, is it? I mean, D-lo or Shane has to be the 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 top title holder for that. Uh, as far as reigns go.
1: But I yeah, do not that, remember
3: Austin ever having the European Championship.
1: Let's see. Uh, no, British Bulldog kicked it off uh, 205, 205 days. Not,
3: then then Sean sure. took
1: it in September so, in uh, Triple oh, oh, wait, H.
3: But...
1: Yeah, I don't see uh, Stone Cold's name anywhere on here. Then the 2000s. Um, yeah, no. Austin never touched it. So yeah, that's fucking crazy God. to me, man. That I was right about, baby, being the first. Uh, Six time WWF champion, WWE champion, uh, two time Intercontinental champion, uh, four time tag team champion. So maybe he was running with tag teams at the time. Uh, Because he did one with Sean, one with Dude. Uh, Yeah, one with Foley, one with Taker, and one with Triple H. But that Triple H one was like when they were like the top guys. Two man power trip. Yeah, then Triple H blew out his fucking quad. Yeah, King of the Ring 96. Then he won the Royal Rumble in 97. And 90. so, yeah, but he won the Royal level in 97, which puts him in the main title fo- picture at that mania. And then doesn't win it, does intercontinental stuff. Uh, wins it again, 98, does win the title. It. They say that he's the fifth triple crown champion. I guess, yeah, because at the time yeah, it was for, intercontinental, for, main, yeah, main intercontinental in tag. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, dude, it's that's crazy, that. But okay, so that. But that's what I'm saying. So, like, you go into all these things, these uh, the history of it. Even still, while he was in the picture, he he was he he lost, right? And that's what we've always been saying. Like, you make these people seem invincible, and people get sick of them. You have to make it seem like somebody can lose or somebody will lose. Otherwise, what's the purpose of giving a fuck about your favorite person that you're running with? Right. That was the reason everyone started hating Cena because Cena started winning all the time. And a lot of you say it was the backstage politics of Cena, but at the same time, you know, the New Day had the longest tag title reign. Right. The New Day did that. They were blowing up, selling merch like crazy, left and right. So if you have the longest tag title reign, obviously you're not losing. It's not so much the position and the backstage politics as it is is. I'm blowing up, selling things. I am super popular. Everyone wants to see me. So WWE is like, you're winning all the time. But people didn't give a shit about the tag team uh, run because it wasn't like, no one felt like they were having a team thrown down their face. They were truly enjoying what the New Day did, right? That's why people hated Cena because they're like, I'm kind of sick of seeing Cena win all the time. But Back in the day, your most popular star didn't even touch your top title until a y- two years after his big type run when he is selling the most merch. Because again, Austin 316 is the most uh, is the highest selling shirt in WWE history.
3: Uh, I mean, Cena was about a year. I mean, he won the U.S. belt, and it was about—I think—he won the U.S. belt at WrestleMania's big show, and then the following WrestleMania won it, won the title against JBL. Right. So, I mean, he—it was a year before he touched the title, uh, you yeah. know, the main title.
1: Right. But what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, that was also the time where people were happy Cena won, and then a couple years later, you start getting the "Let's go Cena, Cena sucks" chance, right? Because Cena's always on top. He's looking infallible. He can't be touched. He's always going to be there. You have to deal with him. Whereas in the Attitude Era, you had your top three people running with that belt. You know what I'm saying? You had Austin. You had Rock. And you had Triple H. Those are your main guys running with the belt. Now, granted, there were other main
0: people there. All right. What? I was like, you, you got to the point, I was like, you got guys like Foley and Taker who were sprinkling in every now and again. Yeah. Who who were up there and and they
1: were floating through and they would be in part of the, the, so your top three always had like three or four people to fight besides the other two, right? So you had a real good main event, uh, structure. Now it's basically like, you know, this is our guy. He's going to run with this belt and he's going to take, fight the same two or three people get fucking bored. You know, like you, you could still have a guy be a top guy in your business or on your company and not hold your top title. Right. Austin did it. Austin proved that that's possible. Rock did it. Rock proved that's possible. Rock wasn't always holding that title.
3: Undertaker was a top guy and barely had any title. I mean, he had seven total, but over the length of his career, I mean, it seems like nothing. And that's
1: including some of the WCW reigns, the world title reigns, when they were, had him on SmackDown. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's not even like he was holding the top belt, uh, the, the, when it was just the single belt to be on the top form
3: of it. Yeah, when it when it was just the winged eagle, he only held it one time.
1: Yeah. Which is crazy to think of because Undertaker is such unknown. I mean, it's just, that's him. You
0: know, you, you think top
3: gimmicks. Yeah, but gimmicks, then, though, Sorry to cut you up. I was going to say, yeah. but back then, though, you had longer title reigns. Like you, what the problem was, like at the end of the Attitude Era and the beginning of Ruthless Aggression, the title changed hands so much it was like every other month it would change hands. Whereas so, you go, you go back to like the the New Age and into the beginning of the Attitude Era, it was more of a uh, you basically if you won the belt at WrestleMania. You held the belt until the next WrestleMania and got a rematch. I mean, that was kind of the format. Obviously, injuries and stuff led to changes. That's why at WrestleMania 13, we didn't get Shawn and Bret 2. We got Taker and Sid, but, you know, whatever.
1: So it's really funny that you say that because I was looking at the Taker's first reign, and his first reign was five days. But here are the title reigns all in that time where you just said that people had longer title reigns. Hogan started off the 90s, uh, 363 days. Then Warrior, obviously took it at Mania, uh, 1990, 292 days. Sergeant Slaughter was next, 63 days. Hulk Hogan, 247 days. Undertaker, five days. Hulk Hogan, less than a day. Ric Flair, 76 days. Savage, Randy Savage, 148 days. 40 days for Ric Flair. Bret Hart, 174. Less than a day for Yokozuna. Wonder what day that was. (laughs) <laughs> then Hulk Hogan, 69 days. Bob WrestleMania nine. <clears throat> uh, then Yokozuna for 279, Brett for 247, Bob Backlund for two. Diesel for 357, 132 for Brett, 230 for Sean, 62 for Sid, 24 days for Sean, less than a day for Brett, 33 days for Sid, 132 for Taker, 97 for Brett, 139 for Sean, 90 days for Austin, less than a day for Kane, 89 days for Austin. 49 days for Rock, 19 days for Mankind, 6 days for The Rock, 14 days for Mankind, 40 days for The Rock, 55 days for Austin, <laughs> thirty-five days for Undertaker, 54 days for Austin, less than a day for Mankind, Triple H 23 days, Mr. McMahon 3 days, 48 days for Austin, and Big Show 49 days to close out the 2000s. Like it's right. The beginning of that half of the of the, that decade, you're like, okay, you got a couple fifties, a, le- a less than a day. You got the hundred well, days, you, you got could the tell, 200
3: days. You could tell with uh, the Sid, Sean and Brett thing, like where injuries impacted the reigns, and then it went right back to steady numbers.
1: Right. And, so, and that's the crazy thing to think about is there was a time where people used to complain that the belt was losing meaning because it was switching so much. Because it still was. You know, if you're going even into the 2000s, like you said, it was, I started that 49 days with Big Show. Then you got 117 for Triple H, 20 for The Rock, 34 for Triple H, 118 for The Rock, 125 for Kurt Angle, 34 days for The Rock, 175 for Austin, 14 days for Kurt Angle, 61 days for Austin, 97 days for Jericho, 34 days for Triple H, Hollywood Hogan, 27 days. Taker 62 days, Rock 34 days, Lesnar 83 days, 27 days for Big Show. Then we get back into hundreds. Kurt Angle for 104, Brock Lesnar for 118, Kurt Angle for 52, Lesnar for 150, Eddie Guerrero held it for 132 days. Then you got JBL and Cena who did 279 each, then 20 days for Edge, 132 for Cena, 21 days for Rob Van Dam. Surprised it's not 420 uh (laughs) 75 for edge 380 for john cena starting september 2006 to october 2007 uh randy orton held it for less than a day triple h held it for less than a day yeah back to back um then orton for 202 then eight triple h for 209 20 for edge 41 for jeff hardy 20 for edge 69, nice for Triple H. <laughs> Four, <laughs> 41 for Randy Orton. One day for Batista. 89 for Orton. 20 days for Cena. 20 days for Orton. 48 days for Cena. And then 69, nice for the Celtic Warrior, Sheamus, to close out the t- 2000s decade, the first t- 10 years of that. So, yeah, there's times where you could tell who they threw it on for quite a while, right? But there's a lot of less than a hundred days. There's a lot of three month reigns. You're gonna hold it until our next big pay-per-view. Like you're gonna hold it, rumble to mania. You're gonna hold it mania to SummerSlam, SummerSlam to Survivor series. You know, um, and it does, and a lot of people back at the time were like, man, this it's just hurting the title because it's switching so much. Right. And but now people are pissed that people are holding it too long.
0: No,
3: so, dumb people are mad. That, I agree. You know they're holding it too long. Now the Lesnar thing, I kind of understood, whereas he had lengthy title reigns, but he was never on TV. But he's supposed no, not to during that the... time he was. What's that?
1: During that time he was. This is where we're talking like Brock's
3: <laughs> original no, run. I, but I'm talking about now. <clears throat> like people now are mad that like they were mad that Brock held the title for so long and was. Never... Um, I need to get to the upper area
0: over here. I need to, what? I need to I it. Yeah. Um, my keys Hi, are
3: there. Hi, Smitty. Mute. Oh. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you were <teasing>. Hi Alexa. Oh <laughs> uh, see you at six. Oh, uh, I forgot what I was saying. What was I saying? Brock Lesnar's uh Reigns. Oh yeah. So they were mad that Brock held the title for so long. And was never on TV, which gave him more heat, good or bad, whatever. Heat is heat. Um, But I think like giving Drew a long run and the fact that he's held it past SummerSlam, it makes me happy as a fan. Just because the longer a champion, no matter whom it is, holds a title belt, it makes it that much more special for the person that wins the championship from them. So if you want to, you know, give your, your title some meaning, just have somebody hold it for a while and then have, you know, do your face or heel, whatever. And then you either have your dastardly heel or your Uber baby face, take it off them a year after you have it. And it makes the win mean something. But when the title's flip flopping all the time, it it loses it doesn't lose meaning right away but eventually people are like all right cool this title means shit because it, you know it, the 24/7 championship changes hands twice every week and i mean it's cool and it, it's entertaining but that title means absolutely nothing
1: what's what's crazy is uh since May 2017 no title holder for the WWE championship has held it for less then 144 days.
3: Which is good. I mean, yeah. they're getting back to steadiness.
1: Yeah, because you got um Jinder Mahal, 169 days. Then next was AJ Styles for 371. Then Daniel Bryan for 144, which is... Cool, but remember they switched that title just because they didn't want AJ Styles to lose to Lesnar a second time at Survivor Series. Um, 180 for Kofi Kingston, and then 184 for Brock, and 188 for Drew currently. So Drew has held the title eight days longer than Kofi Kingston, and will take longer to lose it in a match as well. I'll ask again. <laughs> yeah, just, it's, just saying, uh, Kofi Kingston uh, can't beat Brock Lesnar. So, <laughs> look at the Royal Rumble. Two, man, it's like two guys to help him. And look, Drew, Drew McIntyre, only with the nutshot. One, one claymore, one claymore, one one nut shot, one claymore. Like you got to give it to Ricochet for the nutshot.
3: shot, right?
1: Um. So let's go into what we were actually going to talk about this week. <laughs> Which, In fact that not great...
3: shot was the best thing Ricochet's done on the main roster.
1: <laughs> uh no, that is not true. He's.
3: I'll wait.
1: Debuted with Aleister Black.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Should have kept them together as a tag team. At least they'd be doing something. Yeah, Vin- got the Vin- McMahon <laughs> has,
1: Vince McMahon has a real problem with putting a couple blacks together. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't want to even go into WWE tag teams right now. It's a good segue.
1: Smitty is so mad about the tag teams. But we're going to get into it when we talk about the draft in it. Let's talk about NXT TakeOver 31. Damn fine pay-per-view. Damn fine pay-per-view. We said it ourselves. The NXT TakeOver before this was probably – didn't suck, but if you're ranking NXT Takeovers, 30 was a huge, very lackluster from what you're normally getting to what you got. So there was a lot of hope for 31 to be really good and it delivered, man. Like even Dave Meltzer didn't give anything less than three and a half, three a oh, sorry, three and a quarter
3: stars. Uh, I have a problem with his ratings because if that's based on a six star scale, I disagree. But if it's based on a five star scale, all for it. A,
1: is he doing six stars now?
3: Yeah, remember he? He's ever since that, uh, well, Japan was it? Well, was it Omega in a and Okada, he gave it six stars. So, yeah. I mean, that would lead me to believe that now his rating system is six stars, right? Well, he gave an eight star match as well.
1: Ah, uh, uh, okay.
3: So he Steiner, when it comes to Japan. Got it. Got it I got it. It's Steiner match. It's not supposed to. Yeah. Happen. Exactly.
1: So I think it's still on a five-star scale, allegedly. So it takes a lot for someone to blow the scale, which blows my mind because, or you're just the top of the scale. So he gave uh, the Damian Priest, Johnny Gargano, North American title match, 3.75 stars. Uh, Kushida, uh, Velvet Dream of Teens, 3.25 stars. Uh, Santos Escobar and Swerve Scott match for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship, 3.75 stars. Io Shirai and Candice LeRae for the NXT Women's Championship was three point seven five stars, and Finn Balor, Kyle O'Reilly was four and a half stars. So let's kick this off. Let's talk Damian Priest, Johnny Gargano. First off, with these pro wrestling scorecards, no one on our team or pro wrestling scorecards team thought the North American title would kick it off, uh, but they sure should announced it right as the pre the kickoff show was going on, and we all sat there going, "Well, lost points there." Like, right off the bat, and wherever you put the North American title, you already knew you lost six points just for that one right there. Um, Priest Gargano, they went at it. Damien Priest came out on top. Nick, we're going to start with you because you didn't talk too much last time we were talking about stuff. Uh, and how did you feel about the way this uh pay per view kicked off?
2: It was a good way to kick it off. Um, I, I'm becoming more of a Damien Priest man, Priest man. Uh, Priest, Priest uh, fan. mean, uh, I think it would be, uh,
1: you would be an altar boy.
2: <coughs> That's his new shirt. <laughs> I'm an <laughs> altar boy. <laughs> I'm becoming more of a Damien Priest altar boy every match he has. Um, uh. I mean, honestly, I didn't expect Johnny Gargano to win this one. I had him losing, and then I had Candice LeRae winning later in the night. So, um, you know, it wasn't a surprise ending, but there were a couple times when I thought he might go over, Uh, but it was a really good way to kick off the the pay-per-view.
1: Z, you did have Gargano going over because your thought process was they were going to give the married couple uh, title run on the show. Uh, How did you feel about that after you watched this match?
3: Obviously, like shit, because I was wrong. Uh, <laughs> but uh, great match. I knew about halfway through the match. I thought to myself, "Well, fuck, I just lost points." <laughs> and sure shit, I did. Um, I like the way they're building Priest right now. I mean, I when I filled out my scorecard and picked Gargano, it was more so like I had a a storyline narrative in my head that I thought they were going to pull the trigger on and they did not. But the way they're building priest right now, I mean, it's hard not to like him. I don't necessarily like his, the part of his gimmick where he's all like, you know, party all the time kind of shit. But Mm -hmm. as far as in-ring performance and even like the psychology he uses in the ring and the story he tells in the ring, I mean, it's hard not to like him.
0: Smitty, what are your thoughts on the match? Um, I knew Gargano was gonna have a good show, in for sure. Uh, did I expect him to open? Hell no. But <laughs> like you said, we all were like shit. That was points out the window. Um, from what I understand, uh, they're real backstage. They're really high on Priest. When they put the title on, so I figured when I make the pick, and um, they're gonna run with Priest for the main card for a minute, and eventually they'll be an NXT champion as well. So uh, that's where my thought process went. Unless he gets oh, okay. called so- up and then ruined.
1: So I guess now the question I'll ask again is, what did you think about the match?
3: Uh, <laughs> I don't know about your it. thought
1: process. <laughs> I just want to know what you think about the match.
3: Does anyone <laughs> got a bell? You guys <laughs> in the oh, kitchen. Ding
1: it,
0: bitch. <laughs> <laughs> As I was saying, I'm talking. <laughs> okay,
1: calm down, Smamala.
0: so <laughs> 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 I'm yeah, the match, the match, the the match, the match is really, the match is really good. Um, like I said, once again, I expected a really good match out of Gargano, but Vargado have a good showing, which he always does. Johnny Takeover, uh, Priest. I've been a fan of him for before he was Damian Priest. So I really had, I, I felt like it was going to be like a ROH. It felt like an ROH match to a certain degree, which a lot of Takeover matches end up feeling like at times. So, I, mean, I really enjoyed it. Why would you say ROH favorite. match? Why
1: can't NXT have their own type of matches?
0: Like NXT is still kind of a baby promotion compared to everything else I've been watching for over years. So I get a certain feel from certain matches. Outside of the NXT women's division, that's the only thing I think feels kind of unique to me uh, on NXT, when it comes to NXT's uh, takeover matches and NXT matches.
1: Okay. Uh, I have to agree with everyone's uh, points. This is just a a great way to fucking kick off the show. And I guess it kind of makes sense after you think about it and you look back at it, you know, a lot of us thought maybe Kushida and Velveteen dream would lead it off, which was the following match. But yeah, uh, in the grand scheme of things, you want the pay-per-view to kick off and kick off. Well, you know, there was a lot of things times where uh, I, I think Bubba Ray talks about it a lot. It's like, you know, someone asked them, uh, why are you always kicking off the show? Like he used to think, used to think that curtain jerking was bad. Right. But Bubba Bubba asked Vince, he goes, why are we always opening these WrestleManias? And Vince said, because your matches are some of the most exciting things in the, on the night. And it should kick off WrestleMania to give fans a start. That is a pump up rather than a total build. You want to, have flow. So if you start off really high, you can go a little low, bring it back up, go a little low, bring it back up, and finish on a high note. And therefore, when I heard all that, I was like, man, curtain jerking isn't a bad thing at all. That second match is the problem Chris Jericho, Kevin Owens. Uh, (laughs) So I was just about to say. (laughs) Uh, That's more the match that is like, okay, we're going to put you second because we have the match to kick it off. We can take a lull now, so Speaking of lulls, Kushida, Velveteen Dream, uh Doc Brown versus Marty McFly, which you had to give it to Dream, right? No matter like it, like, like an underage boy looking for a hookup in the wrestling industry, you had to give it to Dream for what he did.
0: <laughs> so
1: the
2: views and opinions expressed by breaking down the ring. <laughs>
0: Please, despite <laughs> the fact Patrick Clark is a piece of shit but the Velveteen Dream is actually
1: character.
3: character no. I I think the Velveteen Dream is just Patrick Clark just, I think that's just him just turned up to 11 or Patrick, down Patrick to Dream. 11 or maybe hit on by 11 I don't really know
1: turned up to a 13 year old
3: <laughs> no that's awesome Ooh. theory oh that's right turned
1: up to a 16 year old right. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Austin awesome theory. The theory is you go younger, it's better. That's wrong. Not a good theory. So they uh, Meltzer gave this match the lowest uh, stars of the night, three point two five. Uh, Z, what did you think about this one, sir?
3: Um, I mean, I I thought it was a very solid match. I I picked Kushida to go over by submission. I I was right. <laughs> um, it's true. But no, it was a it was a good match. I uh, actually turned on the pay per view and caught the second half of it, and I never went back to rewatch the first half. But from the half that I did see, I I liked what I saw. Uh, he definitely put Kushida over. Um, if you didn't know who he was from Japan. And you didn't really know who, you know, if, if you're going into this as a, not a smart fan, but just a NXT fan or a WWE fan, and you've never seen the likes of Kushida elsewhere, um, this is a great way to um, kind of up his stock in the company. Like, oh shit, he made Velveteen Dream tap out. Like that really puts him over as like, okay, this guy is somebody to fuck with, not just some guy that's trying to look like an American tourist coming down to the ring. Yeah.
1: And this was Kushida's first singles match on a takeover. Yeah, Like he had come in and been injured a bit. Like he's known for the NXT universe, but this is the first time that he touched a uh, NXT pay-per-view or NXT takeover. Uh, Smitty your thoughts on this, or are you busy right
0: now making a burger? Not even open. Uh, yet. My thing is like, well, uh, uh, like Z he said, um, I'm a smart fan. I've watched Rashida. Uh, this mm-hmm. is just one of those really good technical matches if, from, from, my, from my standpoint from the way I was looking at it. Uh, so I really enjoyed it. Like I said, this is bit, like, uh, I would have gave, I, I think this is one of my favorite matches. One of, not my favorite, is like maybe, I enjoyed it more than the Freeze Gargano for some reason. I don't know why, but, Maybe because I'm a fan of Kushida, so I had a little bit of bias. You thought
1: this match was better than Gargano and Priest.
2: I'm a big Kushida fan, so that's a bold statement, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. It never, it never does. (laughs) The Ocho,
0: (laughs) the (laughs) Smocho. Say nine, going for ten.
3: That is very, very work out for me.
1: Nick, what are your thoughts on this? Did you think it was better than Gargano and Priest? Uh,
2: no. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. <laughs> but I, I will say I did enjoy the match. And, you know, anytime I've seen Kushida in the ring, I mean, he, he's been like, oh, that guy's, you know, he's pretty good. You know, I couldn't really connect with his character a whole lot. But this match, it seemed like it uh, it really showcased his style and his abilities and he was so aggressive in this match. And to, in a way, he kind of dominated that whole match against a guy like Dream, love him or hate him, just as his character. Um, I hope that they they give him a nice run and, and start pushing him because I really liked, uh, I liked what he did in the match a lot.
1: I guess my thing is, uh, you know, a lot of times in the, commentary they were saying the same thing because she is so aggressive look at him he's going after but there was like three uh submission rope breaks uh done by dream to get out of three different submissions um and then there was two near falls both by velveteen dream and it just seemed like for as much as was built up on how good this match could be they were very lackluster in the match. Like, you know, you said it, That you said there seemed like aggression, but when all you're doing is like doing a move to hurt a body part, and then there's a lot of walking around on the outside, because obviously that's a dream style match, is there's a lot of talking, there's a lot of uh, uh, performance type things, but Kushida it seemed like it took him a little bit out of his game and there was just a lot of meh in the match to like, I even think that 3.25 might be a little high, right? Like I'm like, maybe it got that because it's Kushida because I watched that match and I was like, yeah, it's not a bad match, but where's the substance to it? Right. And again, it might be because it, seemed like that it was a quick build because dream fucked him over out of the championship match the week, week or two before, but I don't know, man. Like if you fuck me out of a main title match, I feel like I would be a little bit more angry about that during the match that I'm fighting you for. And it just seemed like there was a lot of, I'll fuck you up with this little spot right here and I'll go for a submission, but then I'm going to walk around and not really, you know, go above and beyond for this like i sure i'm aggressive when i'm doing something but i just i don't know i guess maybe the match could have been too short for me or i i was kind of turned off by this match and i don't think it's because i'm a velveteen dream because i hate velveteen dream
3: it sounds like you just your expectations were just too high and it, it just didn't live up to what you were expecting from these two talents. I feel like I mean, it, it was a solid match. It just wasn't right. not, anything exciting.
1: There's too many lulls inside of it for me, is what it is. There's just too many spaces. There's You know, there was not enough up here. There was too much down here. Smitty, what are okay. you about does to your, say. Does your hate for Velveteen Dream have something to do with this as well? No, because like I said, the, the majority of... I know that a Velveteen Dream match is going to have spaces of performance in it. I get it. But when I feel like the match stays down here more rather than having the action up here, you're kind of killing it. Mainly because of the storyline being told for this match was supposed to be Kushida's pissed. Kushida's more aggressive than he's ever been in his NXT career. And then there's so many lulls in the match that you're like, well, where's that aggression? Where's that I'm pissed off? You know, personally, for me. So I can't, like... I'm going to go – I want to look at the uh, timing for the match right now because I wasn't sure. We have – specifically that match went – yeah, it was the shortest match on the card, which it still went 13 minutes even because uh, Gargano and Priest went almost 20, and then you had 15 minutes for – the next match, which is the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Yeah, maybe it just seems like it could have been longer and with less lull, you know? I don't know. So speaking of the next match, Santos Escobar defeating Isaiah Swerve Scott to retain the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Smitty, we're going to have you kick this one off as you're cutting lettuce.
0: Actually, I was cutting lettuce. (laughs) Uh, So this what I... I had um I had all high expectations for this one, and I felt like this was probably my second favorite match on the card because um they 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 did what they they did the damn thing. Sure. Uh, a little bit disappointed that Swerve didn't go over because I feel like he's over he's kind of due for something at this point. And I but I and I like Pablo Escobar, so uh, it was. This match was really good. I enjoyed
2: it. Nick, how do you feel? Uh, I really enjoyed the match, too. Um, I I was, like, somebody a little disappointed that um, Isaiah Swerve Scott didn't go over because I had him on my card. Um, But I do a ton of cocaine, so anytime an Escobar goes over, I'm all about it, too. So... um, (laughs) <laughs> I, I really I do and I like but the thing is I like um um God I, I like it I can't even think of their fucking name. Uh the group that Escobar is in. Um I like that little uh faction that they have going on. Um I I, I enjoy that and Swerve Scott, he's got a lot of talent. I wasn't really a big fan of him when he first came into NXT didn't really know a lot about him, but the, again, like Damian Priest, the more and more I see him, the more and more I'm like, damn, this guy can fucking go. I think he's got a, a really uh, bright future. Z? Uh,
3: I agree with Nick on the bright future part, but at the same time, like, I hate that in that match, he threw everything, including the kitchen sink at Santos Estebar and still couldn't pick up the win because ultimately it's like all right this guy does have a lot of talent but this is the title he's he's going for unless they're going to give him like a north american run right now this would be his top title and he did everything in his power and still couldn't pull off the win so and i mean this is i believe that was their their third or fourth match where he's lost by, like, you know, mere inches in, you know... No, he
1: won the stuff. other two times.
3: Okay. So he won yeah. the other two times. So in this match, he threw everything but the kitchen sink and couldn't pull it off. Right. So I, I don't know. That that just... To me, that always makes the character look weak, in a sense. Even though he did get over, but like, with his work rate and stuff like that, it's just I... I hate when they do that, like at le at the very least, like have the guy lose it and use the steel chair and get disqualified. So it doesn't mm-hmm. so you don't so it doesn't exactly get the loss and you can, you know, progress storyline.
0: So Leaves, but how else do you build a, a, a major heel in a division outside of having them beat that baby face? Sometimes like there's no I think there's nothing wrong with having heels go over clean it every from uh, here and there.
1: he didn't go over clean though.
0: Right. Like, but my whole point is like, oh, the point I was trying to get at was like you want like you just said oh, how making a title feel special you want that here to lose. We all I think we all want to Swerve to win, did we not? No, I picked Santos to win. Uh, yeah, you're still, you're still trailing me and Nick. <laughs> that's fine.
1: So, um... I held the title in 2019.
3: All right, back to your <laughs> back to your point. That's going to be wrong, Smitty.
0: Uh, but having um, like right now, like having Swerve, like I, I listen, I do want, I did want Swerve to go over, but I was all right with Santos winning because it makes you, it makes it well. So whoever actually takes that bet off of Santos is gonna make it a little bit more special.
1: I don't know. I, I, I kind of see where you're coming from, Z. But at the same time, if you have Swerve who has beaten them before, and then obviously escobar's guys run out and then swerve had a guy you know help it seems like the next progression for this match if you do want to give that belt to swerve is to have a type of
3: match where nobody can interfere wait you said swerve won in the first match escobar headbutts him with that piece of steel in the mask and wins the match so that's loss number one he didn't win that. that's the
0: second that's the second match he won the first
3: he won, okay, so Swerve won the first, Escobar won the second by Dirty Trick, and now won the third by Dirty Trick.
1: So, no, I think at the same, there was in the, uh, the um, tournament, I think Swerve has a pinfall victory over him. Swerve is the only person to have a pin pinfall victories over Escobar. That was oh, part okay. of the build for the match. Um, so, yeah, but again, if you're, I see what you're saying, but if you have these guys run in, right? So next, also they could do a cage match. And if you do a cage match where no one can get involved or have a lose the belt if a disqualification happens type of match, like you can't beat me without using all these dirty tricks. uh, Do something like that because obviously in a cage match, everything's basically legal as well. Um, And then have Swerve win because you take away the tricks that Escobar has. So there's no
3: no, see, no. Next is going to be Isaiah Swerve Scott's team versus Escobar's team in War Games because it's almost November.
1: They're not doing no War Games this year.
3: Oh, really? Why? Yeah, I don't know. That's one of the best pay per views they have, <clears throat> in my opinion. I, I agree. Uh,
1: it may be a COVID thing. Can't be locked in a cave
0: because you're not. Yeah, because really there's. An, I don't the think department.
1: there's another takeover there's not another another takeover even announced yet
3: yeah but they've been randomly announcing them too so yeah
2: war games would have been up there
1: let's see takeover war games an nxt takeover event will not take place during survivor series weekend blah. Okay, so maybe there's another one later.
3: It just won't be Survivor Series weekend. Right. Ooh. That,
1: that was, well, no, so this this was a article in early September, and then we got uh, the TakeOver 31. So I don't know. Ooh, we'll see. Next match. Io Shirai defending against Candice LeRae. A lot of people thought Io Shirai was going to drop this one, whether it be for the storyline or not. It's like Io has been running with this belt. She's been one of the people holding the uh, title for a very long time. So, Nick, tell me, how much did you love the poisonous pixie?
2: I loved it. Um NXT takeover women's matches always seem to exceed my expectations. And that's saying a lot because I usually expect a really good match. Um, I did think Candice LeRae was going to go over in this one with the help of hubby, but that didn't happen. So that was kind of surprising. I did. I thought it was a really good match. I think he, could continue the storyline, but it's not looking like they're going to because apparently nobody is the problem, apparently. So, um, it was a good match. I liked it. I like it a lot.
1: You, you know, after this match, you got the reveal of the uh, person doing the vignettes, and it was Ember Moon. <clears throat> but you also, right before that reveal, Tony Storm showed up on the Screen saying that she's now coming to NXT and she's coming for the belt as well. So you took that the vignette guy who a lot of people thought was Bo Dallas, who we all pick was Bo Dallas. Smitty likes to pretend he knows it was Ember Moon, but he still picked Bo Dallas. And uh, <laughs> so then going into that, you have I have 10 minutes like you hi, said. Shut up no one did It, Shh. it seems Bro, back like I'm mute. You, it seems like you're you're stacking a women's division, which is fine, but you had a chance to bring in different people for the ti- top title of the men's division, and you kind of just was like, all right, let's throw more at the women, which I'm not saying is a complete bad thing, but what are you going to do now with all of these women,
2: right? Well, now Mercedes Martinez is coming back, too. You got even more women.
1: Yeah, she's
3: that. not really a
2: part of Retribution, or so. But she
1: changed her name. So is Mia Yim? Yeah, Mustafa back as well? Lee kicked
3: her out. Uh well, they haven't officially announced her as a member, and so I, I have no fucking idea what they're doing with the women in the group because the more they show the group now, the less and less I see women in the group. So yeah. I have, I have no idea. Um, as far as stacking the women's division, okay, first of all. I love this match. This match was fantastic. The story it told, Johnny coming out trying to help with the ref shirt on, like just the the whole psychology of it, um, was great. Uh, I knew at the minute Johnny lost in his match that I had also lost points on this match because you know it wasn't going to happen. But this match was great, and then you had the Tony the. Tony vignette or, you know, live on the Titan Tron kind of thing. That was cool. And the minute, the minute they went to the motorcycle, like the minute the, the chick uh stepped off the motorcycle, I was like, God damn it. It's Ember Moon. Like it, it didn't take for me to see like the, the unmasking or anything. Like the minute they stepped off the motorcycle, I was like, motherfucker. And then I'm still like in the back of my mind thinking, all right, Maybe maybe it still is a guy, and he's just interrupting the women. No, no, but I digress. Smitty,
1: your thoughts on this? Ooh, what's he cooking? Taco
0: Taco meat, meat. but um, (laughs)
2: taco meat. Yeah, but
0: so I've had lengthy conversations before uh, takeover happened, and I like I just start listening to everybody else when I pick Bro Dallas. And I have like 10 messages like, you called Emerald, you called Emerald. Like, no, yes and no. Because originally I kept thinking that, I kept saying it would be awesome if Emerald will return to NXT. Because, uh, you know, her and xavier have been out for pretty much a year. The match, though, it was a really good match. Like, I have high expectations for NXT to take over women's matches. And once again, this one delivered. It really delivered. It, uh, to the match, the twists and turns that happened during and after ap- in the afterwards. So I, I was really
1: this match is satisfactory for me. Smitty, you look like you're in a uh, remake of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Gonna <laughs> 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 go make best friends with an ant. Never did, seen the movie Ants. The cartoon. What?
2: The cartoon ants. No, I said. An a, ant, yeah, what? yeah, ants with a Z, you
3: know.
2: With a Z, yeah. 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 Ants with a him. Did Smitty get rid of his dreadlocks? <laughs> no, he's got oh, on. No, he's hey, wearing uh, do-rag. a do-rag. It, it kind of looks like he got rid of his dreadlocks and he's just got. Hey, you're in the like, kitchen,
1: asshole. Please put your fucking shit back on. He was shaking it out and stuff. Ew. Now go wash oh, your guess hands.
2: Where,
3: guess where I'm not eating today. <laughs> I like how he's talking on mute. It's my, it's
1: my favorite when Smitty talks on mute. Go wash your hands, you dirty bitch. Fucking touching your hair in the middle of the kitchen. Cook a taco meat, putting dread hair on it. Blech. No, thank you. I appreciate the offer. Um, I agree. Smash is really good. Spectacular. Obviously, great watch. Um, we we're watching it with Daniel, and uh, Daniel's like, are they doing the, the Sasha Banks-Bailey storyline? I'm like, no, a little different. Uh, at least Johnny came from the back with a ref shirt rather than taking the shirt off of the ref. And going at it and trying to do the fast count, that was, I, I thought it was much better like that. Obviously, we've seen it before many times, but you knew Johnny was going to help. I also thought that it was still very possible that Candice was taking this until the end of it, you know. Um, throughout the match, they were, they were like working it out in her favor. And every cheat thing in the book, and Io Shirai still won, I'm okay with. You know, she's uh, now running this belt for 125 days. I would not have minded if it was less than that because Candice LeRae would have taken it. LeRae would have taken it. So I don't know, man. I personally just don't have much to say because you guys all covered it. Final match, uh very devastating match. Uh, an injury-laden match. Finn Balor defended his NXT championship against Kyle O'Reilly in a match that a lot of us expected to be spectacular. And it really pulled off. Z, kick it off.
3: Oh, man. These boys were snug. No. no. Nug is a bug in a rug. It was a fucking bloodbath, literally. You, you, The first time Kyle O'Reilly was bleeding from the mouth, you thought it was a capsule. And then you're like, wow. Like once once you like got the camera shot of his mouth being drenched drenched in blood, you're like, wow, man, that capsule really really ha- you know did a thing. And then you realize that a short time later, as his mouth was still bleeding, that oh, maybe that wasn't a blood capsule.
1: <laughs> right after
3: that happens, Finn takes a running knee to the face, and you can just tell that you know that wasn't a blood capsule either just we we, we talked about it. me you and daniel talked about it uh on our zoom call during that match like ooh that was a good one um and then going back and rewatching that match man from start to finish they just go at it and there were a lot of injuries from this match which is probably why wwe doesn't let guys go full throttle all the time but when they do and uh, unfortunate injuries i don't think either one of them are going to be out very long due to it but i mean that match was amazing the emotion the psychology the the actual shots that like made you cringe it was it was everything I expected it to be, and maybe even a little bit more. Uh it it it's one of those things where Finn went over and Kyle got over. Like you two stars going at it. Kyle O'Reilly is now a star in NXT. Uh he was good before everyone knew him as a technician and uh good in a tag team, but now he is a bona fide single star from this match with Finn.
0: I expected a, a strong style kind of Japanese hard hitting match and that's exactly what I got out of this match like they fucked each other up and they worked hella stiff with each other it was really like this was my favorite match of the night um, I'm decent explain the best like Kyle O'Reilly came out like a first thing like a first thing of roses as a star then kind of solidify why he's one of the he should be the man in NXT right now I'll
1: leave it at that for right now because I'm kind of in the middle of
2: something. Okay. Uh, Nick. Uh, I thought the match was terrible, honestly. Makes um, sense, yeah. <laughs> no, dude, from the video package before the match was a great way to lead into the match. Uh, sometimes, Sometimes the video packages are <laughs> a little bit of overkill for these main events because it's like you've already seen all this shit before they hammer it down your throat same highlight reels from you know leading up to the match but it i didn't get that vibe from it and then you see uh, kyle o'reilly in the back with undisputed era and you know they're getting it pumped up adam cole tells him you know i love you and it, it kind of took you into a moment where yes this is the undisputed era but it seemed real and personal and it, it got me even more hyped for the match. And then you had the match and I knew Kyle O'Reilly was good, but I, I don't have a lot of experience seeing him in, in singles matches and man, he blew the roof off of that place. And and so did Finn, you know, I've seen comments in the past, of, like negative comments about Finn Balor and he's got a limited move set and this crap. And I'm like, that showed right there not only Kyle O'Reilly's skill set, but Finn and and these two just went fucking ham on each other. Um Bam. definitely the match of the night. My, I am disappointed that they're injured. You know, because I would have liked to. I I, I want to see more of Finn Balor now as the NXT champion. Now, who knows? You know, I hope Z is right in the fact that he's only going to be you know out for a short period of time but uh dude it, it really was it was a great match great way to end a, a great pay-per-view
1: well also you got to think about it man takeover is like you know you don't have to have your champion on it every show he can talk you know it's very similar to how we were talking about with the austin stuff mm-hmm. Finn can come out and have conversations and, and build stuff and doesn't need to wrestle you know, no, he, he can't. He can have, He's got a broken jaw. He can't <laughs> Just, Just use the... Uh, uh, oh, fuck. I can't even think of his name right now. Oh, Kanye, West, Kanye did whole, West did a whole... Through the
0: Wire? Yeah, he did that whole song with a busted jaw. So, think can make it work. No, I'm talking about the guy who like
1: typed through a speaking spell. Beep, boop, boop, beep. Oh, Stephen Hawkins. Yeah, he could Stephen Hawkins it, you know, just, you know. (laughs) know. Type type into Siri, and Siri's like, hello, I'm an Australian woman. And I'm like, no, that's not how Finn sounds at all. Uh, But, yeah, so, but he doesn't need to wrestle. So this whole, he might be out for, he might be not cleared for a month or two. Cool. They probably weren't going to have another takeover until December anyway. So, you know, it's not like it's inhibiting him to do this. All he has to do is defend his title. But, yes, this match was spectacular. That fucking last shot that he did take to the jaw is what broke his jaw when Kyle O'Reilly's knee just went. Just watching that, we were were all like, oh, because we just saw it. And then, of course, Finn's bleeding out. What was crazy to me about this, though, the ref didn't put gloves on at
3: all. Oh, I remember talking about this.
1: Never once there's both guys are bleeding and the ref is just like, here's my hands COVID nothing.
3: Well, hold on. That's <laughs> kind of how, you know, it was real blood though, because normally if they do the capsule, the gloves are on before they even start bleeding. If you, if you pay attention to that kind of thing. But with this, I don't think the, the ref was repaired prepared because it wasn't supposed to be blood.
1: I think you have to be prepared for blood, even if there's not supposed to be blood.
3: Well, I mean, the, Average person, yes. This ref came came unprepared. He should be fired. He is under
1: average. Replace him with Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano for ref. Twenty twenty. I can dig it. Yes, you can. (laughs) Hey, hey, Smitty, how's your grilling going over there? You guys got customers?
3: Make me a sandwich.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No customers, and Smitty's cooking. Shouldn't wonder why. Hi, Alexa.
0: <laughs> i <I'll> prep work
1: <laughs> whatever man uh so nxt takeover we were hoping for we all wanted a 10 z what do you rate it
3: um uh, overall i'd have to give it like uh eight and a half nine
2: all right nick yeah it's eight and a half for sure all right smitty
1: like you knew it was coming to him Nine. Actually eight and a half. All right. Uh, I, I give it an eight. Really good. Really good. Up next. And finally, one oh well, okay. So in the following NXT, so we're talking we just talked about the injuries with Finn Balor <coughs> and Kyle O'Reilly. NXT had another injury bug hit them pretty pretty hard. Uh in Rich Holland. Z, you were watching this live and you were like, holy fuck. He died. He blew his knee out on live television. What the shit? So talk about as you were watching it, what you were thinking.
3: Um, all right. So watching the match, and what happens is you know, um standard standard spot. Uh Holland standing outside of the ring. He's about to catch Lorkin, who's about to do a uh over the top dive. And he catches him. And when he catches up, he kind of stumbles back. And then, no pun intended here, his leg makes like a Z as he's falling. And you hear him, sc- like, bl- like not, this wasn't acting. This was like a blood-curdling scream. And if this was acting, he's really fucking good. And he, I've seen him before. He's not that good of an actor. And then <laughs> you see, so Lorcan's on top of him. And then... Uh, you just see, I think there was like five refs that are trying to break it up. And they it's a, its like the earpiece. It's like whoever was in their earpiece was like, get orking off him. And they literally all just jump on him like a pack of hyenas and get him back, whisper something in his ear. He kind of goes back into the ring to check on Danny Burch. And the whole time Holland's on the ground just screaming in pain. Now, I... It, it happened live, and I did not think they were going to replay it because it wasn't supposed to happen. But sure, shit, 10 minutes later, they went to it. They slowed it down. You you kind of see everything happen, and his ankle bends one way and his knee goes another. Oh. And then you, then you see him on the stretcher, and I was like, man, this is, like, really overdone. But then I found out that they had to pop his knee back into place right there, hence the – Compression strap that he had On his leg and he was on the stretcher So He I mean he's Fucked up for a while we'll pro- You probably won't see him for at least A year which sucks because they were They were putting the rocket To his back
2: Mhm. Yeah you ended up I-, I read that It was he blew his ankle He blew his knee there's some tendon In his knee like he's got yeah, it was, A uh, laundry HCL. list
3: yeah, MCL knee, and he he fractured his ankle in, like, three spots. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if he, like, doesn't even wrestle the same way he wrestled before because breaking your ankle in three spots is pretty fucking significant for your uh, future endeavors. Are you yeah, watching like, it right now?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I watched
3: it, and
1: uh, I have it paused, like, right when he caught him, and he's stumbling back. And you can see the bulge of muscles yeah, uh, popping in his le- right right his knee area. Oh <laughs> it's so mm-hmm. bad. I don't know if I, I can show I probably can't.
3: Uh let's see. Do you okay do you remember the the NCAA tournament a few years back when Louisville was in the final? Oh and the kid blows God. out his knee. You know what I'm talking yes, about? Okay. Yeah. That's what this reminded me of. I, I was gonna say kind of not... reminded me oh,
0: like, you see how re- thick that, right above, like, oh. Yeah, but i uh, okay, looking at that, um, it kind of reminded me a little bit, like, the way the leg, the, leg, the way the leg was bent with the said bitch's leg break. And, like, I'm just, this way his leg was looking, I'm like, ow. It did it look painful. Look- <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, like, the wrestlers wrestlers are tough individuals, but, damn.
3: Yeah, and you know, from from watching that, though, like, it doesn't look like anybody did anything wrong in order to cause the injury. It just looked like one of those, un, you know, unfortunate events where when you catch a guy, you just happen to be in the wrong place and something pops. I mean, it just, you know, that's life sometimes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, because let's see, I'm going to play it with sound. See how you can hear this. Yeah, because you can hear the crunch. Uh
0: huh. Mm-hmm. By the way, Mikey, your reaction mm-hmm. on my screen looked like one of those reactions for Two Girls, One Cup. When people watch the Two Girls, One Cup, <laughs> that's the way your face just goes.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Not good at all. I don't like it. I don't even like Two Girls, One Cup. Not one of my favorite videos of all time. Reaction
0: videos are great. It looked like one of those reaction videos from Two Girls Run Cup. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Stop, You're the you're the cup. You <laughs> 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 piece of shit. Crap. I guess um, that makes you the girl, huh? The
2: what?
0: I guess that make I guess that makes you two of the girls. Eat me,
1: bitch. So you saying you want to do tongue all up on you? Okay, make sure. I'm fucking gay.
3: <laughs> it is gay. It's Not all fine, too. <laughs>
1: no, no, it, it is. It is one hundred percent. It still made you gay. <laughs> this isn't the cartoon oh, thing.
0: Uh, <laughs> I'll go with the whole Hilda Kumar uh, Guantánamo Bay reference. It ain't Jake is sucking my dick. That was a
1: horrible, horrible reference. <laughs> WWE draft results, ladies and gentlemen. People got drafted. People are on new shows. People are on the same shows. Tag teams are broken up and Smitty is angry. Let's talk about it. First round of the WWE draft happened on SmackDown. Uh, the first half of it, the second half is going to happen on Raw. Round one, the number one pick went to Raw. They took Drew McIntyre. Number two pick went to SmackDown. They took Roman Reigns, the tribal chief. Uh, The next pick went to Raw. They took Asuka, the Raw Women's Champion. Uh, Then SmackDown took the first move of the night in Seth Rollins. Number three pick for Raw is The Hurt Business uh, with Bobby Lashley as United States champion, MVP, uh, Shelton Benjamin, and, of course, uh, Apollo Crews' former best friend, uh, Cedric Alexander. I guess that's – so we'll talk about it round by round. One, the only major move is Seth Rollins to SmackDown. But Hurt Business being up there as your number three pick has to say a lot of things about them, right? How high WWE is on them, right? What do you think, Zeke?
3: I mean, right now they're the only reason I tune into Monday Night Raw. They've been the only real consistent storyline. I'm. I've always been a fan of, fan of uh, Sheldon Benjamin. I'm just so happy that he's doing something and doing something significant, not just like. Stupid comedy shit they had him doing before, where he'd like make his eyes look the other way and then leave. Which I was still a mark for that, but it just I'm just glad he's actually doing something. Um, the a lot of the focus has been on the hurt biz- business, especially with the retribution angle and all that, and they're they're really over with the current. You know, I, everybody right now, everyone that's watching wrestling is it is basically. A, you know uh wrestling fan like a diehard like us or smarks or anything like that that's what it's whittled down to um especially since you're you can't really build new superstars right now with covid i mean you kind of have to do what you can with what you have and putting this together and this being one of the the more stable storylines on monday night raw um so, I mean, I I think it shows that they're willing to, you know, push these guys to the moon with possibly Lashley as your champion, Benjamin as your, you know, uh, United States champion. Hi, I'm back. Sorry. That, so, oh, you left? I, we didn't
1: even I know. froze. I, I didn't hear a single thing you said. I was like, oh, man, I'm frozen. Sorry.
3: Go ahead. Continue. That's what are you saying? Uh, I was about done. So, All somebody right. else can count out. I- <laughs>
1: Uh, Smitty, what are your thoughts? Hurt Business being a top uh, being a first round draft pick so you got Bobby Lashley, MVP, Shelton Benjamin, uh, Cedric Alexander all in a top faction being pushed like that. What are your thoughts?
0: I'm a fan of Hurt Business which is also one thing I've been saying like MVP coming back to WWE has been a godsend for a lot of people. Like uh, do you think any? I don't think any without MVP and starting to hurt business, these guys would have probably been on raw talk or talking smack being put over somewhere else. Um, also, the fact that hurt business got drafted as a stable kind of goes into another reason later in that night. That was like the certain things where I thought in the draft were dumb.
1: All right, Nick, your thoughts on the first round of the draft, or is it a bigger deal for Seth Rollins moving over to SmackDown, or he just is the Hurt Business the big story of Round One on SmackDown?
2: I actually kind of agree with Smitty on a lot of what he said. Um, you know, sorry. I, well, I do like the Hurt <laughs> Business. I'll start off by saying that um, Seth Rollins. When I first saw that he was moving to SmackDown, I was like, "Oh, okay." But my thoughts after that, we'll we'll talk more about here in a few minutes. They they kind of changed after. And, and the same thing with the hurt business. Like I was like, okay, that's cool. But then events that happened later in the night kind of led me to like, well, yeah, man. I mean, it, it's kind of dumb, but then at the same time it kind of makes sense. And what I'm saying will make more sense as we talk more about the draft, but um, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm cool with where they're at right now. I'd like to see the hurt business kind of uh, um, expand what they've got going on and,
1: You'd no, like to there's... see them become the Hurt Corporation?
2: Yeah, something like that. <laughs> um...
0: the Hurt LLC. <laughs> actually, I, I actually do have a little you know, thing about the Hurt business
2: too. Can we just we'll choose what we'll alignment they got?
1: Nick, many... Nick's still
2: talking. We'll we'll get more into that as we talk more about the draft and all really break
1: sense. down the draft. <laughs> Breaking down the dream.
0: <laughs> uh, but I was when it comes to the Hurt business, the only thing that kind of annoys me right now is they have not shoot chosen alignment for me yet. Because, like, they seem like they're heels when they go on against Ricochet and, and Apollo, but then all of a sudden with Retribution, they're, they're almost turn on the baby face. Yeah,
3: they're tweeners. Leave it alone.
1: Yeah, they're a business, bro. That's all it is. There's no, there's no uh, uh, alignment for them.
3: Uh, second round
1: kicked off with another move. Uh, AJ Styles leaving the side of Paul Heyman. I mean, AJ Styles leaving where Paul Heyman is again. Going back to Raw, but we kind of expected that. AJ wasn't liking the whole uh, uh, the Friday night schedule because it hurt him and his uh, being, not being able to see his son's video game as my roommate's walking by trying not to make any noise. So she's making more noise. <laughs> <laughs> Door open. I should pause that. I should mute that again. All right. So AJ Styles goes to Raw. Sasha Banks stays on SmackDown, but Naomi moves from SmackDown to Raw. Then Bianca Belair moves from Raw to SmackDown. And finally, the Raw pick, the women's tag team champions, Nia Jax and Shayna Bezo. Round two was a very uh, uh, hair-friendly uh, round. If you had long hair and you had a great flow, you were getting drafted somewhere. Started with AJ Styles and his beautiful hair. Then went to Sasha Banks' blue hair. Then Naomi's... Get rough and tough with my afro puff, Then Bianca Belair's pigtail and then Nia Jax's colorful hair and Shayna Baszler's
3: mouthpiece forehead forehead Shayna Baszler's forehead yes Sharon Corbin
1: and Nia Jax
3: (laughs) uh Nick kick this
1: one off man what were your thoughts off for round
2: two um Uh, I I'm liking the fact that AJ is going back to raw um I I don't know. I mean, he was cool on SmackDown, but I, I hope that he kind of helps Raw's situation get a little better because right now it's just in the dog shitter. Um, is Mikey frozen again? Nope. Okay. Um, <laughs> this goes back to what I was saying about the Hurt Business with Hi, Naomi, Naomi and or Bianca Belair. Um, I like the idea of a woman going into the Hurt Business. Um, I like Naomi better in the Hurt Business than I do Bianca Belair because I think Bianca Belair is a star. She doesn't need anybody's help. Um, but Naomi isn't doing shit right now. She hasn't been doing shit in the last few months. So put her in the Hurt Business, and uh, I think that's a good move. So, Did I, I miss something?
1: that they say that was actually happening?
2: No, 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 no. Somebody had mentioned it in one of the Facebook groups, and I was like, oh, that's actually kind of a cool idea, so. All right. Uh Z. Uh,
1: actually, Smitty, just- Smitty, you looks like you have a free moment and you're
0: the one cooking, so. Yeah, so, uh, actually, when Nick said about uh, Naomi and drawing her bitch, that's a great idea, but my thought process is uh once again, the internet community has spoken lately about they want more from Naomi, and maybe a move to law is just the first start she needs to actually have a
3: Push as a singles competitor. The single push she kind of started to get before she got hurt on SmackDown. Uh, Z? I uh, Z. I was gonna say the exact same shit that Nick said. Um, but if you're not putting Naomi in the hurt business, it's nice to have uh, fresh fresh venture and talent that uh, can go up against Asuka. And possibly you know like you you could build Naomi where she would actually look like a threat to taking Asuka's belt so it's not just these like not like the matches with Zelina Vega where you're like okay this is going to be a good match but we know who's going to win you could build up Naomi to where they go into their match and you you start to think Asuka will win but as the match goes on you're like oh wait a minute like maybe they will put the strap on Naomi So, I mean, you could go either way with her. And, I mean, that makes it a great pick because it's so versatile that they could do a lot of different things with her over there on Raw, especially with that extra hour. So, it's a good move. All right.
0: I think the biggest thing about round
1: two was the Bianca Belair draft. Going to SmackDown. Because the minute that happened, you know that WWE, if somebody is married, they try – they try to keep them together on the same show. So it's not like it's so they could travel together. They could still be together. It's not like it's going to hurt their uh, relationship. So the minute Bianca Belair was drafted to SmackDown, I said, Oh, all right. Well, what about Tez and Dawkins? Now, my first thought is maybe they're going to go and be viable contenders. Cause they had already done something with Shinsuke and Cesaro before this. And so you're thinking maybe they're going to drop the, – maybe they'll get drafted tonight. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll drop the belts on Raw and you know get drafted post-dropping the belts, similar similar to what was happening later in the night, which we'll talk about. But I thought that was the most significant one because obviously it foreshadows something that's definitely going to happen, right? Like you saw – the minute that happened is you're like, all right, the Street Profits are going to smack them because you know they're not breaking the Street Profits up. It's too good of a team. Hell, they have them doing NASCAR shit right now, you know. Uh, let's go into round three. Round three is all about uh, fun, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. There's no real theme to this one. Like round four is all about splits. Round three is about let's do this. Ricochet stays on Raw. Jay Uso stays on SmackDown. Mandy Rose stays on Raw. Ray Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio get drafted to SmackDown, and then the Miz and Morrison go Raw. Nick, you said All yourself that right. uh, what? No, I was gonna go into
3: it, but never mind. Go ahead, uh, Nick, you go said away.
1: you said earlier you were talking about how things later when they were happening, uh, major Seth Rollins thought process
2: change. I'm assuming this is the round that did that. Yeah, um, because the fact that Ray and Dominic are going over to SmackDown just lets me know that that storyline is going to continue. You know, and and Seth had made a few comments earlier in the night once he found out he was going to SmackDown that he – I don't remember exactly what he said, but kind of insinuated that, you know, he was just like, okay, fuck them, they're over here and I'm over here. But it just kind of – I don't know, that's boring to me. I mean (sighs) – I don't know. I'm not a big fan of that whole storyline. I think it's at this point, it's been going on for way too fucking long. Uh I'm like, okay, Seth's going over to SmackDown. All right, so now we can have a little bit of a fresh start with that. And now Ray and his son are going to SmackDown. It's like, fuck, they are gonna continue this. Son of oh, a bitch.
3: It gets better. Just wait till late round six.
2: <laughs>
3: Obviously. <laughs> uh Z, you were about to say something with this. All right, first of all, I don't understand why. Uh, Dominic and Ray were drafted together. Now, if it was Dominic and Humberto Calrio who have actually been kind of like a tag team smitty, put yourself on mute, um, then that would make more sense to me. Or if you originally, like, have Ray, like, is Ray now a manager? Is Ray not a wrestling talent, but he's managing his son? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make sense why they would be drafted together um because they're not even an official tag team they are just father and son but two separate talents
1: But they do it all
3: ev- right For father and son um, call. so i mean i unlike nick i love i love this storyline i love the i love the layers and layers they keep adding to it now don't get me wrong there have been like some weeks where i've been like where the fuck are they going with this but each week they do a better job of adding a a new layer to this story and it it keeps people invested like i i'm intrigued to see where it goes like we all thought it was going to be like ray turning on dominic or dominic turning on ray but now you have this whole other element of his 19 year old daughter who's having this like feelings for murphy like this is like real shit. This is, you know, real, I mean, Nick and Mikey, you both have daughters, like your daughter starts going out with an asshole and you know what I mean? Like this could, this is something you guys could relate to, you know, in, in a few years, obviously, but this is, they're doing storylines that are relatable to the average human, which is how you draw people in. So I, 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 I don't think it's been too long. Um, I think they do need to wrap it up within the next month or two or maybe at Survivor Series. But I don't think it's gone on too long yet. It it, it hasn't gotten boring, and they they keep adding different layers to it to keep it fresh.
1: What do you think they could do uh, bringing it all to SmackDown that hasn't been done on Raw? Where are you hoping it goes?
3: Uh, like, where do I? Um, I think you're going to finally see... Well, I mean, to answer this, I have to give away a later pick. Is that okay? Uh, sure. They had a round that wasn't on TV after SmackDown where Buddy Murphy was drafted to SmackDown. So now mm-hmm. I think you're going to see it kind of Romeo and Juliet guys, you know, and Montagues and Capulets. Um, you're going to probably see Ray's daughter you dissect with, dissect, defect, whatever from the family and (laughs) buddy's going to turn on Seth and then they're going to go be their little couple and have, you know, Ray and not be happy and Dominic not be happy and Seth not be happy. He might even end up with a tag team with Seth Rollins and Dominic. I mean, there's many different ways you can go with this. This is not like a storyline that's dead in the water. There's so much tied into this right now that you can go a lot of different ways and still make sense of it going forward. And keep it fresh.
1: If Murphy and Rey Mysterio's daughter uh, end up getting married, the good thing is she can keep her last name because Murphy doesn't have one since WWE took it away. So really, it's still the family dynamic is there still very strong. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Smitty, your thought process on round three. Uh
0: the controversial thing of Ray and like Ray and um and Ray and Dominic going over to SmackDown. Why is that um, controversial? Cause I think I figured when they drafted Seth it was a way to end that story that I felt was kind of going nowhere. Like Z feels like they're just trying to they just drag they're trying they're forcing to try to force a long term story. Which this is all like. I just don't care for this. With the story they're trying to build for this, uh, and bringing all everybody in from the story on Raw over to SmackDown, I just really don't care for it. Okay. Everything else is kind of. Everything else from that round was just kind of meh
1: One of the big things of round four happens. So Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods have returned to WWE programming. Their injuries are done. They take on Cesaro and Nakamura. They win the SmackDown mute. They win the SmackDown tag, man, tag team championships off of Cesaro and Nakamura. Stephanie McMahon walks the fuck out as all three of uh, New Day members are celebrating to say the SmackDown tag team champions of Xavier Woods and Kobe Kingston are being drafted to Raw. As they're standing in the ring, going, What about E? E right here. Look at Big e, e. Look at E right here. She goes, Smackdown drafts Big E. Then Dana Brooke stays on Raw. Otis stays on Smackdown. And, oh, I'm sorry. Angel Garza on Raw. I said they split that. I, my thought process was they split that tag team, but Angel stayed on Raw and he didn't go to Smackdown. So, New Day is no longer a trio it is a duo on raw. I guess Biggie's technically still is part of the new day, but he's on SmackDown now. Um, so maybe I'm going to lead with you on this one, unless you're too busy uh, making some taco meat. wonder if you know that you're on mute still.
3: I think he's frozen.
1: I think he's in a cooler. So it fucked his connection up.
2: So we're going to mm-hmm. start with, Nick, um, I knew that they were splitting up the, the new day before I watched SmackDown just because of spoilers on social media and whatever. But as I watched, oh, Smackdown, so you didn't watch it live? You didn't watch it live? No, no. Um, I watched it last night. Um, when you see Saturday Big e, when you see Big E throughout the night, uh, especially after his fantastic Falls Con Anywhere match with Sheamus, by the way. That was great. Um, He just had a demeanor about him that, and maybe it was just in my head, but he had a demeanor that he kind of knew something bad was going to happen. And I don't know if maybe that was his real feelings kind of showing up because when it actually happened and he was in the ring, I felt like his reaction was super genuine. you know, I, and I imagine it would be, I mean, you have this brotherhood with the new day that's been going on for years now, and it's been such a dominating force in wrestling. I mean, not just WWE, but everywhere. And now it's getting broken up. Um, you know, I, I honestly, I felt bad for, him, you know, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's inevitable. Um, we all kind of been, Talking about it for a, a quite some time now, that it was eventually happened. So, um I think it's a good thing. I think it's a bad thing. The good thing is, I'm interested to see what they do with Biggie's character. I think he can be a, a really dominant force as a singles competitor. So, it's interesting. It's sad, but it's interesting. You know, I will say I agree.
1: um When they split it up, my first thought was, "Okay, I get it." Biggie. Is someone that we have all said that they can put money behind that Biggie should have a run, a major run, whether it be the Intercontinental title, maybe finally be a WWE champion, a Universal champion, whatever. Obviously, we know he's not touching that Universal title for a little bit. Um, so it's kind of all right. I feel like this a lot of people are really pissed off that they didn't do some type of storyline. Like they just did. Why didn't the new day get drafted as a full trio? Why do they only take, well, because they have said many times that in any of the drafts and many of the times new day has been teased to be picked separately before as well. Where like, somebody can get drafted. You could draft pieces of a team. You don't have to take the whole thing. So when everyone was like, I don't understand why they didn't draft them the same and then do a trade or something for Big E. Well, in every draft we've ever talked about, there's always been talk that teams could be split and broken up. That factions, you could take pieces of a faction and not take the other one. So I don't understand that argument about this. Like, I think the best way to have done it is this. Because then if you're trying to do some sort of trade or anything like that, it kind of like convolutes it. It makes it look dumb. We've all said that some of these trades already look ridiculous. Oh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross traded for a uh, superstar to be named later. And then fucking Apollo Crews shows up five, eight months down the line, right? Like what? Why? Oh, this is that person uh, the, to be named later. I didn't realize that named later is that long, right? So I'm okay with the way this draft happened, the split of them. Smitty is not. Smitty is very angry. Smitty, do you have a moment to talk?
0: Yeah, I got a quick moment. So yeah, um, I'm upset. I'm upset because, like I told you yesterday, last night, one of the few consistent within WWE's tag team stable division with over the last ten years, the two things that have been stable, no matter what, have been The New Day and the Usos. We don't have the Usos. You don't now. You don't. You definitely don't have the trio of The New Day. But you still have yeah. the new day. You don't have the Usos because one of them is injured. Yeah, but you get you give. Let me finish getting to the point here.
1: No,
0: that's. Um, funny. And then even the talk during even during the uh talking smack things when they said they had more draft picks, you <clears> broke <throat> up another team. WWE has no real solid tag team, like they have what Kofi and they have Kofi and um and Xavier Woods, and you have the Street Profits. Outside of that. What team what active team do you have in WWE at this point? Since when is WWE about tag teams though? Why are you upset about
1: something that WWE is never giving a fuck about?
0: Because I care about
1: I care about tag team wrestling. Yeah, but then, then, then watch AEW. Yeah, because you're not getting that in WWE. Number one, you didn't break up the new day. You just took Big E out of it and put him on a separate show. The Usos are separated because one of them's injured. You're talking about the later draft picks, which we could talk about. Tucker went over to Raw and Otis is still on SmackDown. Heavy was Senior he wasn't really doing shit anyway. It's more about Otis and Mandy Rose. <laughs> they I took that away. that Mandy Rose... Yeah, but I'm saying I'm, I'm more also, upset that they took away that dynamic. Not the tag team dynamic. They're not
3: doing shit with the tag team.
1: So if they're not also, doing anything,
3: what's the purpose of keeping it? Bledsoe. And, and <laughs> they're your you're SmackDown tag champion, so they got to be on SmackDown at least one more fucking time, or maybe they'll lose them at a pay-per-view. Or, or they wrestle the Street Profits and combine the two and now you now the New Day is the undisputed champions and can go to either show, so you're still not exactly breaking them up. You're just giving Big E a singles push. Um, I didn't mind it at all, and I'm glad Nick talked saw it because that, it. that match with Sheamus was fucking phenomenal. And oh my god, what a fucking concept! It Falls cut Anywhere match that doesn't end in the fucking ring. Who knew? Oh my god! You telling me that someone had to fall anywhere? Oh my god! They brought they brought it full full circle. Like it ended on the same car that Big E was laid out on. It was it was fan fucking tastic.
2: Nice. Kind of makes again. me it makes me feel like all right, so now we've got the Smackdown tag champions on Raw. Are we is that inevitable to say that the Street Profits are gonna move to SmackDown
1: now? Like well, yeah, that's and that's what I was saying earlier with Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair, Montez Florida married Belair went to yeah. SmackDown. I automatically knew that the street, street street profits were going to Smackdown. But with this situation happening here, they could still hold those belts and go. And it's the it's just Swap the belts. I will,
3: Like I will. Oh. Okay. I was going to say, I, I will say this, though. It's a little different now because there's no live events. It's just TV. So you could theoretically have the Street Profits on Monday Night Raw, Bianca Belair on Fridays, and you don't have shit to do in between because there's no live events. So she would just have to fly out Thursday night, and he would have to fly out Sunday night. But the rest of that time could be spent together instead of on separate schedules for live events
1: true but obviously most likely because tv they're trying to get tv back as fast as possible or and live events back hopefully by the end of the year is what they're hoping i don't think covid's gonna allow that um but again so you you, (laughs) right we're gonna travel to naples okay
3: Oh, all, Uh, all restrictions are lifted tomorrow
1: yeah i know can't wait can't wait I like how the Miami Dolphins are allowed to have their stadium full or Buccaneers someone, And they're like, yeah, we're still going to stick with this 20,000 that we're allowed. We're not. We're, fuck you to say, well, yeah. Anyway. Cause
3: now, now it's up to the owner's discretion. Right. You know, whatever.
1: So, um, yes, I'm okay with this. I think it's okay. I think it's fine. I think people need to stop flipping about, about how this happened. Like, Oh my God. Did not go the way I wanted it to. So I'm mad. All right, well, fuck off. And then, yes, during Talking Smack, all of the free agents were announced. And we saw what happened. Umberto Carrillo stayed on Raw. Murphy went to SmackDown. Drew Gulak went to Raw. Kalisto uh, left the uh, 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 Lucha House Party. Or I guess not. It said Kalisto's on SmackDown. And then Tucker is on Raw because Lucha House Party was were SmackDown anyway, right? Or were they Raw?
3: No, they were on Raw. But okay. I mean, come Monday, they could end up on SmackDown and they're not broken up. You know what I mean? Right. So then Lucha House Party split up too.
1: Oh my God, Smitty's more angry. Sorry, he lost. He's fell into the grass. He's in Honey I Shrunk the Cook. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Overall. Draft expectations, what do you thinking is going to happen? Uh, what? Give me something big that you are assuming might happen, Z, with uh, on Raw. Mm, Charlotte
3: Flair to SmackDown. Yeah? Okay. I don't I mean, I really don't know. Our, uh, oh, yeah, you know, uh, Luke Gallows came back in the form of Lars Sullivan, too, and he'll be added oh. to the draft pool Monday. Uh I really hope that he becomes a free agent and they let, like I don't understand how they let all these people go during COVID but they keep a guy that has proof of being racist and even more proof of being doing gay porn. Like I don't get it, but Zack Ryder had to leave and Lars Sullivan can stay. Doesn't make any fucking sense.
1: Well, yeah, cuz it was Woo woo woo, you know it. Not woo woo woo. I'll blow it.
3: Duh. Yeah, I I get it, but you know Austin Theory and a thirteen year old dream and his bullshit. Like I, I just I don't like the fact that they're overlooking all this shit.
1: I agree. That's why I've stopped watching WWE. I'm hearing all my news from you guys. Uh, Nick, give me a big uh, something big that you think might happen in uh, the next on uh, draft on Monday. Fuck.
2: <laughs> I don't oh, even know.
1: That would be huge if someone had sex. Um,
2: <laughs> somebody's gonna. Um, I think you could see Shinsuke uh, Nakamura and Cesaro split up. Maybe bring Shinsuke over to Raw. Not that that's another like... tag
1: team splitting. Smitty's yeah. gonna be mad. <laughs>
2: um, not that that's like the biggest news in the world, but. Um, that's really the only thing off the top of my head. And uh,
1: Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Smitty, give me something that you might think might be a major uh, shake-up on the Raw draft.
0: Um, I think the mid-card titles may switch, shows possibly, and uh, Street Profits <laughs> will probably go over
1: to SmackDown. I'm sorry, did you say the mid-card titles are going to switch? Uh, uh, not mid They've already, uh, been,
0: uh, they've sorry, already uh, been drafted? Well, Sami Zayn has it, but... I think we may get a little bit of controversy, with Sami Zayn ended up, may end up on, on uh, Raw and the Street Profits end up on SmackDown. And it starts a whole weird story going into Survivor Series. That leads into Survivor okay. Series.
1: All right. Not a problem. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, that's it for our show, boys. We've uh, had a great run uh, today. We're going to be back next Sunday. We're going to have some more fun. We'll talk about the last half of WWE's draft. We'll talk more about the world of wrestling. We'll talk some more about things that are coming up. We got bound for glory impacts pay-per-view this month. We have hell in a cell to talk about. It's coming up obviously at the end of this month, more build to both of those. We're going to get into all that. Next week, make sure you go to breakingdownthering.com, pick yourself up some of our merch. We got great hats. We have charities where, if you buy one of the shirts from our charity thing, it donates 100% of the profits to a specific cherry, charity. So, go to breakingdownthering.com, check that out. Follow us on all of our social media at BDRcast, and we are your ring crew. Son <laughs> a bitch.
0: All right. <laughs> I'm kind of just got my first order. So, okay, I'm sniffing. We Come are out. your ring crew. I'm Smitty. I'm out.
2: Uniq19 oh,
3: with Callie in the background. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Shitzy dogfart. And me.
1: Oh, <laughs> Mikey one. Mikey himself. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for paying attention. We are out.